Welcome to The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club, here to check in with you weekly to share your remote working highs and lows, remind you that you're not alone and acknowledge that there's many of us outside of your living room, kitchen, spare room, car, all sailing through this crazy storm together whilst trying to be the best coach, leader and manager we can be. I'm Susie Hunt, business coach, leadership and sales mentor at Future You Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a one-year-old who certainly doesn't like being questioned. (laughs) And I'm Lisa Robin-Wood, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo which suffocates us rather than advocates us. In this podcast, we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment, masks and social distancing measures included. Each episode will present different topics, which we will explore and discuss with support from some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints and tips as we go. We won't tell you what to do because we already hate that, but we will absolutely share and invite you to take away what you want. We hope you enjoy listening. So in today's first episode, we explore the positives and negatives of working remotely and how this has changed the traditional way of working and leading people. This will be drawn from our personal experiences, both in today's working world, as well as from our previous careers in sales, customer service and operations. Um, It will be a lot of focusing on how to get more of the positives, address the negatives and how to maintain some kind of balance in this sense of chaos we're all in. This will be for yourselves and for your teams as well. If you stay with us and listen to the end, you will gain some new ideas to try for yourself when managing and coaching remotely, which will improve how effective you are and enable you to secure a better work-life balance. So let's start then. How's your week been, Suze? Well, yeah, not too bad. Trying to make the best of things, doing the obligatory lockdown decorating. So I'm in my new decorated um, home office stroke playroom as we speak. And yeah, here is my my lockdown crew, which is my husband, um, the dog, Marley, and the child, Arthur. And yeah, get still to record the podcast with you. So that is one of the highlights of my my week at the moment in in lockdown. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, fine. Thank you. So, you know, obviously I'm here with my um, my partners in crime, the husband, Dom, and another dog, Alfie yeah. Springer Spaniel, um, who, let's be honest, is a tonic during this whole situation, I think, in terms of getting you out of the house, especially because today the weather was particularly nice. Um, but yes, I think just spending a lot of time um, really trying to connect more with people and check in, see how people are feeling trying to get a sense of how everyone's coping and managing through the whole situation and starting to get a really great sense of themes of how people are feeling um of which I think there are many and many of which relate to um you know this scenario we find of being housebound so often whether that be because of um what's being imposed on us or I think how our habits have changed in terms of how we now move around and how we interact 
and I guess that awful phrase, which I bloody hated the idea of the, uh, the new normal <laughs> um, and how we um, actually start living that now. Um, because I think okay. in some ways it's very true of what people said. There is a lot we won't go back to. And I think there is a possible sense of loss in that in some ways. But actually, I think there's some great stuff that's coming out uh, from how we're having to adapt, especially from the, the work context. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who th- would have thought like 12 months ago, you know, Microsoft Teams would be such a thing as it is today. I know I certainly hadn't heard of it 12 months ago. And now I seem to be on it every hour of every day, pretty much. <laughs> And I think it's really exciting about career opportunities. That's definitely something um, that I think is becoming more and more clear, which is our ability to now apply for jobs anywhere because it's no longer based on where you live and you don't have to worry about the excessive commute. And that's opening up so many options and choices and opportunities, um, which feels like a really positive way to look at things, considering actually so much of what's being talked about for this year, for sure. But actually going into the future is about the the opposite, you know, um, things not changing for the good for people when it comes to careers and jobs and what jobs are available and redundancies and things like that. So no, really, really exciting. absolutely that's a really good point and um yeah I'm glad you've got uh, a lockdown crew there with you yes 100% and for anyone who is feeling um the opposite if you haven't got a crew of your own obviously we're here to be that crew for you you can listen to our um ramblings and hopefully identify something of of joy and and, and entertainment (laughs) and hopefully even some wisdom along the way um fingers crossed but remember you're not alone and there are many of us um who are in our homes in the working day and um are out there listening to um each other and are available to connect and more about how we connect all together via this medium of of this podcast um coming up in uh, future episodes Brilliant. Absolutely. Okay, well, should we crack on? Yes, let's get on with it. Brilliant. So in today's first episode, we explore the positives and negatives of working remotely, as Lisa mentioned, and how this impacts being able to coach effectively within the workplace. So let's have a look at the positives and negatives and how to maintain a balance, more importantly, for both yourself uh, as a leader, but also for your teams. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, many businesses have relocated their staff to remote working. And as a second lockdown in England has now been enforced, this way of working is likely to remain for the foreseeable. The uh, digital culture platform provider Totem surveyed 1,000 UK employees in 2020 and identified that 64% feel working from home is positive on workplace culture and 61% feel able to complete their work more effectively. However, there was a large proportion, nearly over half of people found it harder to work as a team and felt less motivated. This is where coaching can come in, but can this work remotely? So clearly there are um, positives and negatives to this um, kind of new space. So what is your experience of working remotely, Lisa? And um, what did you find to be the positives and negatives? So I was thinking about the best example to use for this discussion we've got around working remotely. And I think probably the the best one I have aside from obviously the one we're in at the moment um is when um I was in a field sales role and um 
therefore being field-based, very much based from home and spend the majority of my working week in my own um, house, in my own personal surroundings, um, managing a team of people out in the field. And I think from a positive perspective, the way I felt then is still similar to the way I feel now, which is the benefits from working from home is the flexibility. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking about it from the perspective of how much time over the years I've lost um, in commuting to and from work (laughs) or around the country. And I know you can strongly relate to this. Um, You know, the beauty from working from home is I don't have my alarm going off at six, half five in the morning because I need to jump in the car you know, literally like roll out of bed, roll into the vehicle, looking like I've been dragged through a bush um, (laughs) because I don't waste any time on getting ready in the morning on the early starts. I use it as extra snooze time before I get into the car. And I think having that flexibility to, um, you know, do things from home, not just from a work perspective, but a personal perspective. Yes, you can, you know, quickly go on errands. You can run to the post office that's not on a weekend. You can get to the bank. You can um, pick and choose in many ways when you're going to have your your breaks because it's not so dictated about physically moving from meeting to meeting. And I think, you know, all of that, you can't escape the positives from that. I think I think most people I've spoken to those positives are, are definitely the the common ones that get verbalized um yeah when I think about the negatives though I think the challenge with well the challenge for me has always been that um my working space the one that I chose because I liked being in this particular room and space. And I actually liked still being around people, even if that person wasn't working in my role, it was my husband and he would be doing his own work. Um, okay. you know, the, the space I picked was the kitchen. And, you know, what I found was that my relaxation spaces became workspaces and therefore my ability to manage my mental state was a lot more challenging, especially when the work day became extremely stressful. And, and I think that's, I think a key point to make, which is actually the stress of work hasn't gone because work itself is still very much the same. So what you are doing day to day um, can still be high pressured, can still be intense, can still be, you know, very challenging. You're still maybe dealing with conflict, but you're now doing all of that in your like safe space, in your home safe you know, relaxation areas. And I definitely know that's what I struggled with the most is that I just couldn't switch off. What I used the commuting for was to wind down. Yeah. Um, and kind of, ex- you know, um, get rid of my day, if you like. If there was anything that really, you know, got my goat. Peed you off. Peed me off, yeah. You need like a censorship there. That, that's where I can kind <laughs> of get it out of my system. So actually when I walked through the door... There was a sense of breaking state, changing my mind and how I was feeling, putting it away and starting again from the moment I walked in the door. And you've got a dog. You know what it's like. You walk through the door and the dog greets you. And yeah. I found, you know, I used to find the dog helped to break my state and he still does. <laughs> so does Dom, you know, so does my husband. So, you know, I think that was definitely something for me. That was the one that I really found as probably my strongest negative. Okay. And that makes total sense because actually that journey home, 
you know, where, however that, whatever transportation form that may be, gives yeah. you the opportunity to create that distinction from your day and mm. your day at work and what that's involved and the, the challenges, the stresses, the conversations, both kind of positively and, and negatively and gives you opportunity, like you said, to unwind and you might want to listen to a podcast um, and you know create that distinction like I said and I think that's really important and you do I suppose kind of lose that routine um, of, of that kind of downtime when you are working from home constantly. Mm, mm, definitely so what about for you Suze what, what were your positives and negatives from working from home? Yeah so I've worked from home for about eight years now, um, not full time, so not five days a week. You know, I was um, in a previous life commuting down to London two, three days a week, um, working there, staying over, coming back home. So I was tend to working from home kind of one to two days a week. Um, and I've been doing, well, have been doing that for um, about eight years now. So I suppose for me, that shift to work from home wasn't as, um difficult to kind of transition um I'm very fortunate that I um live in a place where I have an uh, opportunity to have a working space so I'm very fortunate that I have a, a home office and that really works for me I think that suits me quite well um you know I have enjoyed I think designing it into a space where I want to spend some time I want to go into it and I want to um, enjoy the surroundings within there and don't get me wrong when I say design I mean like literally I've I've painted it a color that I like and it's got some nice knickknacks around (laughs) it Um, but you know I I fundamentally enjoy spending time in there and I've got um, things like quotes on the wall so like motivational positive quotes where if I'm having a wobble or I'm not quite sure about something, you know, I just glance up and I can see them and I'm like, okay, you know, you've got this, like, this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got all my books on display. So I'm not a massive reader, as you'll know, but like, um, if I've got a problem I'm stuck with, or I'm not sure about how I move, for example, a coaching conversation forward, I've got my books displayed and I'll just go and kind of pick a book up and perhaps have a quick flick through and it'll give me like a little reminder perhaps of how I might want to kind of approach something um so I've done probably me and my husband joke uh, about this like I always say I've done some of my best work in that in this office um and when I've had to kind of start sharing it with my husband as well I wasn't particularly keen about mm-hmm. this approach um because up until this point it very much been my space mm-hmm. and what worked for me um and you know I appreciate that not everybody has that opportunity to create that working space for them at home. So I think, you know, it, it works for me because it gives me focus. I'm not particularly interrupted. Um, and I find that when I can close the door on that day, on the end of that week, for me, that's quite a visual thing. And that is literally the end of the day and what conversations or what challenges there's been 
they stay in that room until I go back in it the next day mm. um, or after the weekend. So, you know, I think that works for me. And, and, and the, you've mentioned it already. And, and it, it is a massive point that just time effectiveness, like that no commute, you know, my car was my you know, kind of makeup area, my um, kind of like eating area, my storage area, <laughs> my waste disposal area. Like it was everything because I was on the move everywhere and I was commuting here, there and everywhere and traveling up and down the country um, working within, you know, sales. And I think, um, do I miss that? No. And, and actually, do I use that time to kind of, hopefully do more effective things I hope so um so yeah I think you know that flexibility that lack of commute is a massive positive as as you've mentioned and I think the downside for me is probably missing the camaraderie so you know when you would be in an office and I was lucky that you know I was in an office probably like two to three days a week but if you were happened to be working in an office full-time um, or for a significant part of the week, you would go and get a coffee or a cuppa from the kitchen or the canteen. And you might bump into someone you haven't seen for a while. You just have a little chat, you know, ask them how they are, how their weekend is. Or, you know, they've been ignoring your email and you really need to speak to them. And you get to think, oh, I can speak to them now about this. Um, I can collar them. I can literally rugby tackle them to the ground. There's no Absolutely. Absolutely. I see you. It's one of those. <laughs> It really is one of those. Uh, literally, I see you. Um, oh, send me your email. Um, I don't think I've had a reply. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no. You've had 150 meetings that are more important than talking. Definitely. I love putting people on the spot like that. They are. I think it's quite funny. Sadist, absolute sadist. Well, you know, no comment on that one. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but you know those chats those just informal kind of little chats that you would have when you go to get your coffee or you go to get your printing from the you know um photocopy printer and now if I go and get a coffee you know the dog is waiting for me with um sad eyes waiting for me to kind of give him a treat or let him out to go to the loo or uh, I put some washing out or um (laughs) while the kettle boils or just kind of stand there looking out into space really and so yeah you know I think it's quite different and so I for me I miss that kind of yeah feeling part of a of a wider community and that Mm. kind of camaraderie yeah Yeah. and I I think there are many of us that can relate to that um and I think you use that great word which is community which um I think is what is lacking now in a work context I know people have celebrated it in more of a localized home uh, context, Um, but actually feeling part of an organization with many people, you know, variety of skill sets, personalities um, is the challenge now that we're not all together and can see each other and really so obviously see I am part of, you know, one of many, I'm part of something bigger. So I I think that's, a, a, you know, a real common one and so I think knowing what we've talked about in terms of the negatives of working from home I think it'd be useful to talk through you know bearing in mind well we are coaches so we are forward focused we like to focus on solutions but also from our personal experience you know both of us have got through this successfully I'd like to hope <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um 
yeah, feedback on a postcard, people. <laughs> How successful do you think we actually have been? Yeah, what would be, do you think, your like top tips? Like, if you were to summarize it, like your top three tips, let's try and do three each. Like, see if I'd have different ones. That'd be interesting. Might have the same, but like, what our top three <laughs> tips would be from, you know, addressing maybe some of those negative side, like the challenges of working from home? Absolutely. So I think, you know, we want to give hints, tips, things that have worked for us um, in terms of like suggestions. So for me, I think my kind of top tips would be create a space that inspires you to want to work in. Now, I don't mean create a space in terms of an actual room don't you don't need to necessarily give over a a whole entire room but you know if you're working in the kitchen light a candle Uh, you know create a nice environment that um you know inspires you to start being the best and doing the best piece of work or or um conversation that you can be or you know buy a nice new sexy notepad that you want to open and you want to write in or a brand new pen or you know, have some um, inspiring quotes around you, like like I said, I I do, or um, have a vision board, have a mood board, a vision board of where you're trying to get to and what you're trying to, you know, potentially achieve. So whatever works for you um, is really important. And, you know, it might not, what works for me might not necessarily work for you, but I think finding what it is that, um, you know, creates that inspiring space for you is really important. Um, Nice, I like it. I think the second one is probably breaking up the monotony of being on just screens all the time. Um, And I personally think that you still get to have, you know, you still get to be um, productive and effective working from home and working remotely. I don't think necessarily your productivity is hugely impacted but I think your mental health and the impact on you just staring at a screen. I think as humans, we're not designed to just be sat in one place constantly. Um, and so taking and diarising the opportunity to go out for a little 20 minute walk, change up your setting, you know, go and take the dog out, go and have a little conversation with a neighbour or a friend and just change it up a little bit. Because actually when you come back and you sit back down, the impact that will have had in terms of you being more effective will be huge um just because you've had a change of scenery you'll be feel more revitalized more energized more focused on what it is you're trying to do or work on um so yeah I think um kind of getting out for a walk is is really important um and then the final thing I, I think for me is just actually to have a bit of fun with it <laughs> like you know if you're um on a zoom call with colleagues you know have a bit of a check-in have um a bit of a you know fun not force fun we don't like force fun on this podcast <laughs> but genuine force fun Absolutely. Genuine, authentic fun. So activity that we think everyone should do together. Absolutely. And and just call it. Do you know what? If, if you're feeling a bit crap or, you know, you're a bit sick of the four walls that you're working in, just call it because you'll probably find that somebody else is feeling exactly the same and you've given an opportunity to make a bit of a joke of it. I you know personally find humor quite a good way of um kind of moving myself forward if I am having a bit of a rubbish day so just look at some funny memes or some funny games and you know um yeah whatever kind of works for you um you know put some music on 
put listen to you know a funny video or podcast whatever it is but um yeah they would probably be in summary my um top three tips which would be create a space that inspires you get out for a walk and have a bit of fun along the way love it I think it's really great I think to add to that because I think all three of those are fantastic um I think for me it would be to be clear about when you're starting when you're finishing and when you're going to take your breaks and mm-hmm. build them into your day because it was really interesting I heard some um insight today from Microsoft who've done a survey okay about a couple of thousand people were who've been working from home um and have found that actually productivity when they've spoken to these organizations and these people in organizations, productivity has actually stayed fairly flat during this whole situation. Um, But innovation, admittedly, I don't know how they've um, um, determined what innovation is um, or in terms of how they've measured it, but innovation has actually gone down. And I'm not surprised by that at all because I think People are being productive because they are being busy. They are filling all hours of the day. I think that's the issue and that's the watch out. It's the all hours of the day because now it's so easy to get out of bed and get straight onto your laptop, regardless of the time. That could be yeah. morning, could be at 7.30 in the morning. And then the um, ability to turn it off is the challenge when actually um, you can you can just continue to work because everything you need is there now. It's right in front of you, as well as the pressure to still demonstrate that you are busy, which I'm not suggesting everyone is experiencing because I think that's a work culture. Um, so it totally depends who you work for and whether or not they're advocating, um, you know, very much a similar working day style and hours. Um, but I think being really clear um, about when you're going to start your day, if that still is the traditional 8.30, 9 o'clock, being comfortable with that. And, and when you're going to finish, again, if that's 5 o'clock, um, bearing in mind, you know, if this is within your gift to be flexible and change and it works for you, brilliant, do it. Work a bit earlier, finish a bit earlier, work a bit later. Yeah. Um, but recognising what's acceptable to you and your boundaries, I think, and then acknowledging that you need, you know, where your breaks sit so that you do, as you've recommended, Susie, which I think is a great one, you go out for a walk. Because I think that immediately is setting up a structure that's immediately saying that, um you have um, boundaries in your day. And I think that really helps you to manage your mental and mindset around when you're working and when you're not. So even if, you know, you don't have that physical act of shutting the door, um, if you don't have that room to be able to work and to separate from work, you still know when you're going to start and finish. And I think as well, um, still giving yourself that ability to celebrate that you've had a day and that you finished that day and recognizing what's been successful in that day as well. Um, Because for all of us, I think it's about small wins now. Yeah, little pleasures. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, I think it's focusing in on those um, for, for sure. And I think you're totally right about the, the people interaction um, and reaching out to one another. Um, and I would encourage now more than ever that it's important to do so much more of it so that we are checking in, seeing how everyone is feeling and just being there. Yeah, definitely. No, I love the idea about the kind of celebrating the small wins. Yeah, and totally. 
taking that forward and recognizing that and not just moving on to the next thing um just because we're not in that normal environment where we would celebrate and recognize those small um we probably need to do more of that ourselves um and that's really important brilliant so now it's time for our listener questions so this is where we hear from you the listener uh you send us um a question uh, and ask us uh what perhaps for any advice uh, or hints and tips on what we would maybe do so this week's question i will play for you now hi lisa and susie it's Karen from south wales my question this week is how do you develop and identify what is the best way of coaching someone in this particular time, especially if they're remote working and you are too. Okay. Thanks, Cara from South Wales. Great question. Yeah, great question. And we love great questions on this podcast. (laughs) Um, We like to to try and ask great questions. (laughs) Challenge is answering them. Now it's us on the spot. (laughs) So Lisa, what are your thoughts on Cara's question? So I think this is really interesting because I think this links really nicely with actually what we have been talking about, which is in respect of staying connected with one another now that we are working remotely from home and the importance of doing so um, to give us that sense of trying to create more of that positivity of being at home and recognising that we're still very much part of a team and organization and so for me when I was thinking about this question from Cara actually I was thinking this boils down to what will be the best will be based on what you've understood from the individual be curious so this is the principle for me with coaching overall which is coaching starts with curiosity and I think until you've really spent time listening and understanding to be able to identify the need you can't select the right approach for the individual. So I suppose not to, you know, what's the right word? I don't want to say this is, you know, it's a complex question. I don't want to oversimplify the answer, I suppose, my point being. But I think as a starting point, let's get away from overthinking what could be the best approach for coaching in this situation. How do I best coach someone um, now we're remote working? Let's strip that all away and just take away the fact that it's irrelevant whether we're remote working. Yeah, absolutely. It's about talking to each other. It's about let's continuing to have a conversation and a conversation that involves listening and then responding to what you've heard based on clarifying what you've understood in the first place because I think only when you've done that and you've truly understood what the individual um, is going through what the challenge is potentially what you know only then can you determine what the right approach is and then it's about thinking through well now I've understood that how can I move this person forwards and I always think the simplest templates are the best of which I think you know there are many out there that you can use there's grow you know everyone's heard about grow in the coaching context but it is so simple it's so famous because it is simple and it works so well sometimes those are the best ones um and I think for other um templates you know when I think of coaching I still tend to go back to um who I think is the guru um you know, is um, yes, John Whitmore and his coaching for performance, which I still think is one of the simplest and the best. And um, if you're wanting to look for more models and templates, but hell, 
don't overcomplicate it. Just start with having a conversation, an authentic, yeah. honest one where you're truly listening and speaking to one another and wanting to understand. Absolutely. I like what you just said there that coaching stems um, from curiosity. And I think um, that's a really nice little kind of um, statement there to take forward in terms of your um, kind of approach into things. Um, I like it. I totally agree with what with everything you've said there, actually. And I think for me, um, we kind of touched upon this in, in our last kind of conversation, but to echo it again, not you don't need to make it a formal conversation. So like now we are going to have a coaching conversation. Um, <clears throat> build it into the everyday conversations you have with your team and your even your colleagues. And, um, you know, just, just stop, just pause, just stop, just ask questions, um, see how people, where people are at, um, seek to understand. Um, and you know, the simplicity of one of those basic checking questions, how are you, you know, really important. They, um, good questions open up rich conversations and that's really important. And I think you just pepper them through your normal your normal um, interactions with people and, and your team and, and they will come flowing like they will just then build even more and um, the more kind of often you do it and the more natural it will become for you um, and just give it a go do you know you know nothing's gonna happen that's really bad I think if you just give it a go and see what happens and just keep building on it um, but I think don't build it up to be a big thing uh, and just kind of go with it a little bit uh, and yeah I hope that helps Cara thanks Cara Thanks, Cara. So yeah, if those of you who are listening uh, have your own thoughts on this and would like to share your hints and tips to Cara's question this week, or even want to ask us the question for a future episode, there are three ways you can uh, do that. You can reply in the comments. You can Instagram us at the coaching cast. Uh, our details are in our show notes. The next part of the show is one of my favorites because <laughs> I have a personal bugbear when it comes to what I call bullshit bingo. And we thought this podcast is about working. Um, and it's, yes, we would like to talk about subjects where um, we come up with our own tips and suggestions about real life things that are going on. But we also like to have a bit of a fun um, because neither of us have ever really taken ourselves too seriously. For me, definitely not. And um I think having fun in the workplace is so important or at home now at home. So yes, this next feature is that we call it bullshit bingo. Um, and the phrase we've picked for today, totally randomly, is development opportunity. In the context of, I have this great development opportunity for you. So over to, sh shall I start this discussion as to why? This I think mainly you're, because I suppose you're I, very passionate about I this. I am very passionate about this. Yeah. Start this. Okay. So why I find this so annoying. Now this used to crop up in an organization I worked for, for about seven years, um, back in the noughties. Um, and they love to use this one. This was a management, a bullshit bingo beyond like compare. It was used so often and, um, it used to really wind me up because, um, it would normally come in the form of uh, Lisa. Can I have um? Can I have a 
a chat. I've, I've identified this really great development opportunity for you. And that was how it was often positioned when actually, lo and behold, no doubt, it would just be a really bloody annoying, very boring, irritating piece of work that they couldn't find anyone else to do. So because they know that I was a keynote and a joiner and would you know put my hand up for most things back in those days, not anymore, clearly not, um, I would most commonly you know, take it. Um, but from, from my experience, it was very, uh, there was very little of it that was about a development opportunity based on what I actually wanted to be developed in, which is where my bugbear comes from most often, which is how can you possibly identify, well, how can you possibly give me a development opportunity and it be for me? If actually in most of these scenarios, no one's actually had a conversation with me about what I'd actually like to be developed in. Um, not to mention the fact back in those days, I was too busy trying to be better at things that actually I hated. Um, and you're never going to be particularly good at the things you don't like. Yeah. You like them. And that's okay. And no one told me that for years, that it was okay to not be good at things you didn't like. So I just kept harboring away, um, bashing my head against a brick wall to try to be really good at things that I didn't like. Um and so I think often these great development opportunities for me, not only were things that I didn't like doing um, and I weren't, I probably wasn't very good at them. Um, but yeah, I think I found, I find the, 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 uh, the phrase quite disempowering. That generally is what gets my goat about it. Um, so okay. yeah. <laughs> and well, I think this is why we've got to avoid saying <laughs> you're a manager, think about the words before you use them and also check with yourself if you're leading people, developing people, you can be in many roles. You know, how I actually had a conversation with this person about what they really want to do before yeah. I now put this on them. Because <laughs> that is essentially what it is, putting it on them. Yeah. And I think that is a crucial hint uh, and tip from today is, you know, have you had a conversation with yourself? So if somebody was to say this to you, how would you feel? How would you respond to this situation? And are there tweaks that you need to make before you just launch in to um, having a similar conversation, which obviously somebody had with you uh, a, a, an earlier part in your career um, and the impact that, you know, clearly that that had on yourself. Yes. <laughs> it all causes pain to this day. No, I'm <laughs> I mean, I think for me, I being very authentic and true, I have probably said this myself. <laughs> Um, so this might be the end of our podcast together. Um, you haven't said it to me, thankfully. <laughs> so you're fine. You're fine. Um, this is where everybody who I've ever managed gets in touch and was like, yes, and she absolutely yes, has. Um, but can you check yourself? As long as you've had that development conversation, yeah. as long as you feel like you've connected with your people and you've understood what they really wanted to be developed in, I think that's fine. I know yeah, that I think that's not for the case for me. Context is is absolutely crucial with this statement um because otherwise it you know as it did with you it will lose its impact and become bullshit bingo so you know I think if you are thinking of or have recently used I have a great development opportunity for you you may just want to relook potentially your conversation or how you've planned it how you've set the context of this link in with previous conversations you've had with that person um to create that complete story around that person's development and and how this supports what it is they're working towards and working for if it doesn't you probably need to go back to the drawing board um check check your agenda absolutely check your agenda 
Um, but if you yourselves have got um, bullshit bingo phrases from your um, repertoire, career repertoire, workplaces, then do send them across. I'd love to hear your own. And actually, we can debate them here, share them with the nation and uh, put forward tips as to how we can change some of those phrases. So use the same contact details as before uh, and send them through. Absolutely. Um, but I think, Lisa, that's all we've uh, got time for today, um, which is a shame. I've had a great time chatting with you. Me too, around. me too. The highlight of the week. Yes, especially in lockdown. But um, <laughs> <laughs> today's... <laughs> always be the highlight of your week, surely. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, surely. It's, you know, absolutely. Um, so in today's episode, we've discussed the positives and negatives of working and coaching remotely and how to get more of the positives uh, and hopefully address some of those negatives and um, we've shared some ideas and hints and tips of how to gain a better work-life balance so Lisa talked a lot about um having that kind of clear start to finish of your day having a little bit of fun along the way um creating a create uh, inspiring space uh, and just celebrating those small wins as you go and making sure you absolutely um you know, don't over-prepare for those coaching conversations. Pepper them into your natural, normal conversations with your team. Have more conversations. Have more, yes. Have more absolutely. conversations. Talk with each other more and use the incredible information you gain from those conversations to build your people up. 100%. So we hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves within the workplace. If, again, if you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And you can contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or Instagram at thecoachingcast. So yes, your support means everything. Therefore, if you would like what you've heard from us today, then give us a like, comment on our post and most importantly, subscribe to future episodes and share, share. If you, if you think this podcast is worth a listen, then please do share it with your friends, your colleagues. Um, and let's grow our community. Um, so in our next episode, we'll be discussing how to communicate effectively and build solid relationships remotely. And that's going to build on some of what we talked about today, but giving you even more tips and suggestions to try for yourselves. Brilliant. Well, I look forward to chatting with you some more next week. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. So thanks very much, Lisa. Yeah, thanks, Susie. Thanks, everyone, for listening. 